For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I'll never forget after that game, Coach Hughes called me in the office. And um, this is what really made us turn it up another notch after that. Uh, he said, you know, that's your fault. I said, what you talking about, Coach? I didn't know what he was talking about. It's your fault we lost. And uh, now T.C. them caught the, the worst end of it on Monday. But I caught it on Sunday because when Coach got on me, I got on them. And uh, he said, you know, I said, but Coach, we scored 58 points. He said, yeah, but you still, it's your fault. As a young coordinator, I could have taken it in a negative way. But what that made me do was it made me understand that Coach Hughes, how much he believed in me mm. and, 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 and believed in offensively what we were capable of doing. And so I went back to meeting and I, you know, I talked to the guys and we turned it up another notch. We, we started scoring more points. This episode is in loving memory of Coach Robert Judge Hughes. May he rest in eternal peace. Tiger fans, get ready for episode 87 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. I'm joined today by Sir Charles Bishop. How's it going, Chuck? Hey, how you doing, D. Corey C? Nice to be back on for another episode, buddy. No doubt about it, man. You know, today we would have been playing our next to the last game of the season, and it would have been a tough matchup against Alabama State. So as we do every Saturday, let's look back at the rivalry over the years. Uh, the one that really stands out when you look at Alabama State, the one that stands out to me was back on October 6, 2001, Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. Our Tigers fell to those Hornets 61-58. to And that was a football game, Charles, not a basketball game. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, can you believe that? 61-58, I tell you what. Uh, Alabama State, uh, they had uh, a team that had really kind of taken it on the chin for quite a few years with us. Uh, but this was during a, a period of time where – uh, you really saw them really taking strides. You know, this was a, a team that came into the SWAC in 1982. They had some success uh, with former Jackson State coach Houston Markham uh, on the staff and being head coach at, at Alabama State. I think they won a Black College National Championship in 1991. But around this time, uh, you started to see them kind of making some headways again in the SWAC. Indeed. And we have two special guests today who participated in that game. One was a player at the time who's a coach now. And one was the coach at the time, and he's also a coach now. We have T.C. <laughs> Taylor and Daryl Asbury. Welcome back to the show, fellas. 
Thank, um, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, for having us on here. Excited, excited to be back on the show again, guys. Thank you. Always, yes, always enjoy having you. You have a wealth of knowledge about foot, not only football, but about Jackson State and that history. So we, the, the fans definitely love to hear from you guys. But let's talk about that game, 61-58 Alabama State. Coach Asbury, I'll start with you. What do you remember about that game? Well, it's just the week that was leading up to, to that game, the preparation, uh, the focus and the time that, you know, I was a young, very young offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm not going to tell Coach Taylor. I'm just saying I'm in my late 40s right now. <laughs> I, was, I was a very young uh, offensive coordinator. And, you know, we just planned and prepared and just knowing that Johnny Cole, Coach Cole was, a, was another great coordinator on the other side. And I always, you know, admired his offensive philosophies and everything. So my mindset was to make sure that my guys were ready to play and were up for the challenge. And they were. They answered the bell. Uh, as you can tell by the score, they answered the bell. And what about yourself, Coach Taylor? What do you recall? Uh, like Coach said, uh, just echoing what he said a little bit, you know, that week of preparation was big because you had two high-powered offenses coming in, uh, you know, playing in the vet that weekend, you know. And uh, we knew it was going to probably be a shootout, you know, uh, two great, good quarterbacks on b- both sides. You had Robert Kent with us, and I think it was Darnell Kennedy yep. was on the other side over there. And, you know, he was a really good player and it had a good group of receivers. And, you know, uh, we thought we had the best receivers in the country that year. So we was looking forward to it, and we prepared like that all week long. You know, Coach Asbury, I mean – I look back at that game and you're talking about that, that frantic third quarter where both teams combined for 49 points. And you mentioned uh, Coach Cole on the opposite side. But what was it like for you in terms of, uh, you know, calling plays and, and your team being in such an offensive zone, if you will? Well, you, you know what, for me as an offensive coordinator, even to this day, I don't even look at myself as the head coach. I, I'm, I'm always the offensive coordinator in my mind. Um, those guys were so in sync with each other. I want to say if, if that was the only time in the country where we had four receivers with 50 or more catches, um, I just knew that we were going to be real explosive. And, you know, and, and I guess what made me, you know, being so young, I always had this, people call me arrogant. They would say, oh, you're cocky. But I just had this swag about myself because I had those guys surrounded me mm. that I knew could really play. And I believe that they was going to feed off of my energy, and I fed off them. And so it made calling plays easy because, you know, they made it work. Even the bad plays, they made it work. No doubt about it. <laughs> you know, Coach Taylor, we talk about that deep receiving core that we had, and you, you stood out amongst a bunch of uh, – again, he said each received four receivers with 50 catches, but you stood out. And that game was one of your more productive games in the JSU uniform – 14 catches, 235 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, what do you think uh, attributed to that? I mean, did you see something in the scouting report or specifically on the field that day that let you know you would have a big game? N- not really, uh, to be honest with you. You know, it's like Coach Asbury said, you know what he used to always tell us, if a team scores 60, we got to score 61. Mm-hmm. And that day it, it was a shootout, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, and so when we would come to the sideline if they scored, we just knew we had to go back and score. <laughs> You know, and I think that day it was like a couple guys had over 100 yards. I, like you said, I had 200 yards and 
we didn't think about it to the end of the game. You know, we were just going out there trying to win. And that's it's like that word that he used. It was a swagger about us. We, that's the way we carried ourselves, you know, week in, week out. And, you know, that's just what it was that day. You know, everybody kind of hit a zone and you saw the results and the score. No doubt. You, you know, Coach Asbury, and we had Robert Kent on the show uh, a few months back. And, you know, one of the things he described uh, uh, TC as, as a coach on the field. And, and I wanted to kind of ask you, you know, when you have a, a, a chess piece like a T.C. Taylor, you know, how, how does that make your job easier as a play caller? Well, for me, it was easy because I remember when we made the transition with the Coach Taylor to receiver, um, you know, I, I remember going to him, I said, listen, you're going to play one or two positions. You're going to play running back or you're going to play wide receiver. You know, I was looking at the big scope for his, for his career. By him being so high football IQ, you know, he was a student of the game. Uh, he could read coverages uh, on the fly. We would come up with plays on the sideline. I said, hey, listen, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll put you in the backfield. You mostly to the three. And, and, and we're going to do this on this side. And, I mean, we, it was easy. And, and um, you know, just that high football IQ made it easy for us to do our job. No doubt about it. That, that's that's a, that's a great point. I mean, because when you have, you know, uh, I guess, like I said, a chess piece like that, it, it gives you the opportunity to do so many things. So <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Coach Taylor, with you being such a highly skilled athlete and we, we talk about you, you know, transitioning from quarterback to wide receiver, I, I've always wanted to know mentally. You know, how was that for you in terms of switching positions to go from kind of having the ball in your hands to looking to uh, looking for opportunities to get the ball in your hand? Well, I knew if I could get open and receive, I was still going to be able to get the ball in my hand. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what made me take a lot of what I knew and learn, you know, uh, a quarterback to the receiver position. You know, and I was able to, like Coach said, you know, help some of those guys out there on the perimeter, um, help Ken out there, you know, and he was able to put a lot on our plate. Um, but, you know, I, I just always, like, I tell people, I just wanted to go out there and win football games, and I was just felt blessed that, you know, when I made the transition, it, you know, everything went smooth with it. It just came to me naturally, you know, which was kind of shocking to me. But, um, you know, I had fun doing it and, you know, wouldn't take nothing from that. Sure, sure thing, no doubt. And speaking of Kent, you know, he speaks highly of you, TC. He talks about how you know happy he was to be able to continue to have you on the field when that switch was made. That day he had a big game as well, 595 yards, six touchdowns, and he ran for 73 yards and another touchdown. Coach Asbury, being a former quarterback yourself, what did you appreciate about his performance and how difficult is it to pull off such a feat? Well, just managing the game, taking control of the game, and just the maturity level of watch him grow. And to watch, and I used to always tell him, you have to get your guys to rally behind you. And on that particular day, the guys really rallied behind him. I mean, it, guys, when I tell you when we parked the buses, when the buses left the, the uh, facility coming to the stadium, we we had the offensive linemen get off the bus first. We were cocky, fellas. The <laughs> offensive linemen would get off the bus, Kent would get off the bus, and then the receivers would come down through the tunnel. And he was throwing, he'll throw the football to him. And then we would be hollering, it's going to be a track meet today. It's a track meet. I mean, we had that swagger by ourselves. Um, and just to watch him grow and those guys rally around him, 
I was very impressed with that uniform quarterback. Mm. And, and speaking of which, I mean, you mentioned being impressed uh, with the with the quarterback play. Uh, Darnell Kennedy, he had a huge game that day. Uh, but like like we mentioned, uh, Robert Kent had a huge game himself. You know, how, how was it for you being a former quarterback yourself, Coach Asbury, to take a look at the quarterback battle that was happening that day? Oh, uh, it, it was it was it was fun. I mean, you know. Watching those two big old quarterbacks drop back in that pocket, and I mean that football would get out their hand like it was shooting out of a cannon, and you could just hear it with this flickering, you know, making that flickering sound going all the way across the field. Uh, <laughs> you could watch the only quarterback I've seen do this is Steve McNair, and the ball was placed on the right half, and you throw a 15, 20 yard out all the way back to the top side across the field, and both of those guys could do that. I was very impressed with that. Yeah, you talk about Armstrong, both of them. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were they could whip that ball around the field, if you will. Definitely a lot of fun to watch from the fan standpoint. Of course, I uh, didn't enjoy coming up on the short end of the stick, but the game itself, a lot of excitement. And although you guys put up some historic numbers that day, it really wasn't much of a surprise for us to see such an offensive display from a Jackson State team back in that era. I mean, you guys were often at or near the top of the rankings nationally in total offense. So how were you guys able to produce such a high-octane offense year in and year out, Coach Asbury? Well, just just being, you know, it was film study, getting everybody on the same page. We were high tempo. Uh, and it was the way, you know, I carried myself, the way they carried themselves. You know, we just fed off of each other. And just having that positive attitude, believing in one another. Um, you know, TC and I sit back and we talk about it along with the other guys, Chris, Chris Jones. We talk about it all the time, you know, how, how consistent we were. We had our down moments, but our down moments were scoring 40 points a game. We were up there 50, 60 points a game. Sure thing. You know, one, one question that we normally ask our, our former players who come on the show uh, is to talk about their recruitment. And I'm going to start with you, uh, Coach Taylor, you know, talk about your recruitment coming out of South Pike and, and how did you decide on Jackson State? Was it something about the offense that you saw then uh, that you knew you wanted to be a part of? It? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, coming up, you know, my sister went to Jackson State, you know, but down that way in Pike County, it's a lot of Alconite, mm-hmm. you know, so I spent a lot of time out there, you know, watching Steve McNair play and, um, you know, that was a place that I was out there a lot but uh you know in high school I was a pretty good at quarterback I was recruited by some of the the bigger schools in the country but I can remember my mom and my sister we are going to some Jackson State games and just to see the electricity in the vet you know and um just how packed it was every weekend I had kind of already made my mind up like you know this is where I wanted to be. And then I had opportunity, I can remember, to come down to the locker room. I met Coach Asbury, uh, you know, some of the coaches, and just seeing the the family atmosphere mm-hmm. there, you know, it did something to me, you know. And um, I, took, I can remember I took it down to the wire on signing day that morning. And, you know, a lot of people didn't know where I was going, but nobody really suspected of Jackson State. And, you know, it was just – a big thing for me, my family, when we decided to make the choice and I wouldn't, you know, change nothing from that day, you know, right now. No doubt about it. And, and same question for you. I mean, you are in the heart of Jackson State, one of Jackson State's fiercest rivals, uh, Baton Rouge. 
you know, and you're recruited by WC. Talk about, you know, what it was like for you getting recruited, you know, in the heart of <laughs> behind enemy lines, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I am behind enemy lines. I, I played at Southern Lab on the campus of Southern University. And I, mm -hmm. Yeah, I can remember Coach Derek Price would always come over and, and recruit me. And, you know, he made a strong push, but it was something about uh, when Coach Gordon stepped inside of my home and talked to my mom. He gave my mom this, I mean, this big old spiel. And, I mean, it was hard to convince my mom. I really didn't make the decision. My mom made it for me. And that's <laughs> I um, and, and once what sold me was life after the game. And he kept emphasizing that life after the game. You're not going to be able to play this game forever. He kept mm -hmm. emphasizing how he was going to make sure that we did to get out, uh, have me in a position to be able to, you know, to get a college degree. Uh, not very many people in my family have a college degree. And that really sold my mother and it sold me. And I, I was blessed. And if I had to do it over again, it would be Jackson State again. Wow. Oh, that's awesome to hear. It's, it's the yeah. stuff. I always love to hear those recruiting stories, how – uh, our, our past players got to Jackson State. But, T.C., I want to take it back to your recruitment. I want to take it back to your high school days. A lot of people may not know, but you were a pretty good basketball player in high school. And a quick story for our listeners, of course, T.C. is from South Pike. I'm from Hazelhurst right up the road, and we used to always meet up in these different basketball tournaments during the summer and things like that. So I first knew of him as a basketball player. It was uh, T.C. and, of course, Keno Tra Travis, former uh, tight end. And when I, I remember picking up the Claren Ledger one day, reading that he had signed with Jackson State for football, and I couldn't believe it because I didn't know of him as a football player. And I was thinking, wow. I made the wrong decision. So, and, of course, uh, Keno was from Jackson State, and he played both sports. He played a little bit of basketball. Uh, what about BC? Did you ever consider pursuing basketball at the college level? I, uh, I did. I was actually recruited by uh, Northwestern State in basketball. Um, and uh, once I got to Jackson State, Coach Stoglin, he was recruiting me the entire time there to come out and play base. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, basketball. But, you know, I just didn't have the time. I was fully committed to football and didn't want to really go out there and fool around with their round ball and all because, I mean, I loved to play the game of basketball in high school and stuff, but my deal was with basketball. If I, if I scored two points, as long as it was a dunk, I win at night. <laughs> it was a great way. It was a great way to stay in shape, man, and, you know, they used to love playing with those guys, like you said, throughout the summer. They used to have uh, – they don't really do that anymore, those hoop-it-ups. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. You know, they would do it in, in the parking lots of Walmart. I can remember we came to a couple up here in Jackson uh -huh. at the um, Coliseum. And, and, you know, we we, we just – that's what, that was our deal. That it was, you know, every weekend, football season out, we were playing some basketball. Basketball season out, we were playing baseball, man. Just, you know, athletes trying to find ways to stay busy. No doubt. And – for those of you who don't believe it, I have the video footage. I used to take a camcorder down there, so I have video of, of TC. They have another another partner, Joshua Robinson from South Pike, ended up coming to Jackson State. So they, they were good on the, on the basketball court. And we used to hate playing against you guys, man. I mean, we were so happy when you guys moved up to the next age bracket <laughs> above us and we didn't have to play you anymore. And we finally won the championship in that tournament in Brookhaven when you guys were out of our age bracket. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah man and but yeah we're, we're glad you ended up playing football it worked out for you definitely oh no doubt 
no and ultimately I <laughs> transitioned into coaching. Coach Asbury, you played a huge role in bringing Coach Taylor into the college coaching ranks. What did you see in him to make you want to have him a part of your staff at Texas Southern? Well, Coach Taylor reminds me of myself as a uh, when I was a young coach his age, very passionate, um, not afraid to work hard, uh, understands the recruiting, how that's supposed to work. And I always wanted to have guys around me that wanted to outwork me. And, and, and that was a, a plus for me because that kept me on my toes. Um, so, you know, when we went to, the, I think it was Cahoma we first started at. And then when I left Cahoma, finally transitioned, I made a big jump to Texas Southern. And I just told him, I always would tell him, hey, man, if I, when I get my shot, I'm going to call you. But my first shot was over in North Carolina where it just wasn't feasible to, for, for him and his family at that time. So we always have to make great decisions on that. But when I got my shot to get into Texas Southern, you know, I capitalized on that. No doubt about it. You know, Co- Coach Asbury, I, I, I kind of look at it from this standpoint that um, both you and T.C. Taylor, you're, you know, of the lineage of, of John Shannon, of course, the offense coordinator at Jackson State, who had tremendous success in the SWAC. Um, I'm always curious, what did you learn from Coach Shannon that you that you incorporate to this day into your, your play call? Well, just game preparation. You know, Coach Shannon, Coach Shannon would always have us in there studying film and making sure that um, when I first started with Coach Shannon, I ran the defensive scout team. So I had to understand what the defensive players had to do. What was this? What was that? But the most important thing was when I ran the defensive scout team, he did not allow me to have cards. You know how most coaches hold the cards up and, and show the defense what to run? I had to memorize that. So that helped me learn all the defense. And, and then offense just trickled back over. And uh, just being very aggressive with play calling, uh, we, we just we learned a lot of good things from Coach Sharon. No doubt about it. And, and TC, uh, in, in terms of uh, you playing uh, under uh, Coach Asbury uh, and, and learning those offensive principles, what, uh, were there things that you know you kind of incorporated into your coaching career? It was, you know, the work ethic. You know, that's always big, and you know, and then just allowing your players to make you look great. Also, you know, you can only do what your the, your group of the offensive players allow you to do you know you can't go out there and do too much you know and just go out there and give them a plan and let them execute that's what uh coach asbury used to always do with us you know and then also too just leaning on players for advice and listening you know that's something i picked up from him he was great at that and you know and and just like i said man just the 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 work ethic and the outtakes in order to be successful some things that I, i always took with me through the years that i've learned from him you know, because, you know, I, I uh, Coach Asbury, he's a grinder now. Yeah. <laughs> he's a grinder. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and when I say that, you know, like, I can remember being at Texas Southern, getting there, trying to be there early, but, you know, beating every, trying to beat everybody there. But uh, Coach Asbury's already there. You know, he's been there an hour, hour and a half, two hours watching tape, you know. You know, and those were some things that I knew that I wanted to, you know, be a part of uh, what I do, you know, in my coaching career. No doubt about that. That's good stuff. And and like you said, everybody knows Coach Asbury is, is the ultimate grinder. So <laughs> he's somebody who really 
burns the midnight yeah. oil. So, uh, you know, Coach yeah. Coach Asbury, I wanted to ask this question uh, in terms of Coach Hughes, uh, uh, tremendous success uh, at Jackson State, but he, he allowed you carte blanche over Jackson State's offense at the time. And I'm always been curious, you know, uh, did he ever peek into the offensive meetings to see what you guys were cooking over there on that side of the ball? No, he, he, he never came in there. Um, you know, I was a young coordinator. I must have been about 22, 23 years old. Um, and I can remember a time where it was, you know, everybody thought I was too young to handle that offense. Mm-hmm. But uh, he never came in. He fully gave me full guidance of it. And, you know, him and Rob Broadway at North Carolina Central, both of those guys gave me full control of the offense. And, and, and I wanted to make them look good. It wasn't about me. I wanted to make my boss look good uh, and to have my guys in, in a great position to make great plays. Uh, it, it was just a phenomenal thing at that particular time. Coach, let, let, me, let me ask this question. Uh, and, and this is more of looking at that era of, of HBCU football. Uh, we, we sort of transitioned from kind of the 70s and 80s where it was kind of ground and pound uh, to, you know, basically that McNair, uh, Cardell Jones era in the, in the early 90s, but especially this era. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're starting to see these 700-yard uh, total offense games. Talk a little bit about that era. I mean, you had Florida A&M, the Gulf Coast offense. They were putting up prolific numbers. Southern was uh, putting up prolific numbers of offensively. We uh, at Jackson State were doing it as well. But that era of football, can we talk about it? Well, I tell you, that era of football, the only school – Week in and week out, that came close to us was Grandma, the Melvin Spears, yeah, and Bruce Eugene. Nobody else has done it the way we've done it. Uh, it probably won't get done for a long time because we have really, you have to, the athletes have to fit what you're doing. Right now, the big one players are hoping to stepping in, pulling a lot of our athletes from us. So the athletes like T.C. Taylor, Lawrence Store, Tim Mann, all those guys, Chris Jones, you know, it would have been tough for us just in this day and era probably to get those guys. But at that era, we had those guys, and we capitalized on everything that we tried to do. Sure. Sure thing. You know, guys, before I let you go, I definitely want to ask, you know, with this being in this pandemic for so long, uh, it's probably, I would imagine this is the longest you've gone without playing or coaching football since you've been involved with the sport. Uh, so, Coach Taylor, how much of an itch do you, do you have to get back out there? Oh, man, you can't imagine. <laughs> like I said, I'm trying to find ways to, to, you know, utilize this time. That's what I was telling you guys earlier. I ended up buying golf clubs, you know, trying to learn the golf game. <laughs> but, you know, um, this is what I was bred to do. You know, as coaches, former players, you know, Coach Asbury will tell you the same. This is what we were bred to do. And, you know, when you take that away – I mean, that itch, I mean, the only thing that solved that itch is just getting back out there. Mm. But at the same time, you know, you have to be smart. I can remember I was telling you guys earlier when we, the first time I came on, you know, the seriousness of this whole deal. I mean, we got to put football aside and get it right. Sure. You know, that's what I, I just want to make sure, you know, for us health-wise, you know, that we get this right. Because it, right now, I mean, with this pandemic, it's not nothing to play with. You're right. You know, but uh, really missing the game. I miss the kids, miss the players, the most part. You know, being able to see them on a day-to-day basis, 
watching those guys get better, you know, and I know this time will pass, you know, the spring can get around here and hopefully we can get back on the field and get back to doing what we're doing. And also, too, let me say, I, I miss the preparation, you know, getting ready to prepare for teams week in, week out, finding ways to win football games. So it's been tough, but, you know, um, I, I get it. I understand it. And I'm going to be patient. And when that time comes, I'll tell you what, I'll be ready to go. Yeah, definitely. We, we definitely can't wait. But, again, safety first. So uh, once we're in a position to resume, we'll be looking forward to it. But, guys, hey, we appreciate you. You know, you've both been on before. And I, whenever we call, you guys answer the call. The fans love hearing from you guys. So I definitely, again, we appreciate it. And, I let, you know, we just look forward to football season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I would like yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Anytime. Listen to me, guys. Thank you for being so gracious. And that'll do it for episode 87 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And, again, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcast Listeners. Rate and review the show and everyone. Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.